and welcome back for another week of OT in the Brain. At this point, we are very familiar with the definition of neuroocupation. It is how our brain influences what we do and how what we do influences the brain. We have also looked at the development of the brain connectome and how each connectome is different based off of unique experiences. We also discussed how we can change the brain connectome through neuroplasticity and lots of practice and repetition. Last week, we talked about how the brain makes decisions based off of past experiences and motivation. This week, we are going to discuss mirror neurons and how we can utilize these in our therapy sessions to promote occupational performance. Let's dive in. Mirror neurons are a type of neuron that become active when the brain executes a specific activity, but also when the brain observes the same or a similar activity performed by another individual. In other words, mirror neurons are activated by association. When you do something, the neuron fires. When you think about doing something, the neuron fires. And when you observe that something being done, the neuron fires. An example of this is when you see someone smile or yawn. Your instinct is to do the same thing. Those are your mirror neurons at work. Why is this important? Because mirror neurons help the brain to learn by observation they assign intention and meaning based off of what is observed, the same way that brain pathways are connected to meaning through experience. What does this mean? It means that mirror neurons in the brain allow you to read movements and nonverbals to assign meaning and intentions to those movements seen by others. We are able to think about an action before we engage in it, and we can watch others and learn from them. Humans have the collective ability to do this. Ever wonder why people watching is so interesting? It's because it activates all your mirror neurons so that you can perceive the mind of others. It gives you insight into other people's brains. But why do we care about this as occupational therapists? We tap into the mirror neuron phenomenon through our therapeutic use of self. We form a relationship with our patients and then use this relationship to engage in occupations. We know that if we have good rapport with our patients, that they are likely to participate. We use mirror neurons to help establish this rapport without even realizing it. Social psychology shows us that our brain determines how we respond in certain situations based on what we observe in the environment. If we see confrontation or hostility, we are more likely to behave in a hostile way. The same thing happens when we observe friendliness and approachability. Our brain selects modes of behavior that are consistent with how our brains are wired. As an occupational therapist, this is why we try to walk into a patient's room smiling and upbeat. This makes patients more likely to want to work with us because we seem friendly and approachable. However, we also need to be perceptive to our clients' needs as well. Our patient communicates to us and we communicate with them through our mirror neurons. This is done before any words are ever exchanged and we want our mirror neurons to match. If we come into a patient's room bubbly and ready to go, while our patient is groggy and grumpy, then our mirror neurons aren't going to match and it's going to be more difficult to establish rapport. When we're able to create that match is when we're on the same page and we're able to build rapport from there. Using mirror neurons allows us to meet our patients where they are at and utilize therapeutic use of self to connect with our patient and develop rapport in a relationship that will eventually help promote occupational engagement. As an extra challenge, let's consider the implications of wearing a mask. With the precautions taken due to COVID-19, therapists are wearing masks during their treatment. 
This makes establishing rapport more difficult because half of your face is covered. The implications of this is that people who are hard of hearing cannot hear you. People can't see what that you're smiling or what expression that you're saying, what expression you're trying to say with your face. And it's difficult to create a relationship. It means that it's more difficult to activate mirror neurons. When you're smiling, it's harder for your patient to pick up on that so, so they don't know how to respond. So what can we do as therapists to help overcome this barrier? I think being aware that your nonverbal cues may not be as clear as usual is the first step. Watching your tone of voice and your other body language cues can also help compensate for patients not being able to see your face. Speaking with a louder tone of voice and using your hands to show expression can also help. In addition, making eye contact and being on the patient's level is even more important to allow them to make as many connections with you as possible. Even though they can't see your face, doesn't mean you can't help establish rapport. But we also use mirror neurons in our interventions, and we do this by using literal mirrors. With mirror neurons, we know that we are able to learn based off of what we see. So if we set up the environment to promote this observation, then we can activate our patient's mirror neurons so that they can learn and improve through observation of themselves. For example, if a patient is standing and brushing their teeth, we can point out to them at the bathroom mirror what abnormal posture looks like. Maybe they're hunched forward. If we point this out to them, then they know what to look for and can self-correct themselves based off of their mirror mirror neurons and their observations. When we actively observe someone, this associated motor part of our brain fires, which helps to build or maintain that area of the brain for motor function. One example of this is mental practice. Mental practice is a cognitive strategy that is used with some patients who are experiencing hemiparesis secondary to a stroke. Since they can't physically move their extremity, the patient instead actively imagines them using the extremity to complete a task. As a result, the same motor pathways are activated in the connectome through mirror neurons. Mirror neurons. This helps promote return to function because that part of the brain is still being activated. Athletes and musicians can do this too. They mentally practice without the physical movements, and it has been shown to improve in performance due to increased practice and repetition in the brain. However, the key for this to work is that it must be an active process. That means you are observing with the intent to imitate. With this added component of intentionality, it gives the action meaning. Remember, in order for us to care about an activity at all, it has to have some sort of meaning. By intentionally observing an action, you are engaging the brain even more and promoting even more activation of mirror neurons, which creates an even stronger pathway, which taps into all of the benefits of neuroplasticity that we have discussed before. So how can mirror neurons help us in occupational therapy practice? For starters, we want to be aware of what our mirror neurons are communicating. What we do as what do we as therapists look like from our patient's perspective? Do we look busy, comfortable, Do we look trusting and helpful? What do we want to look like to promote our patients deciding to work with us? We also want to be receptive to what our patient is communicating to us through their mirror neurons. We do this through our therapeutic use of self and the development of our occupational profile. This is how we determine our patient's drives, desires, and motivations by asking questions, making connections, empathizing, and showing respect. 
We activate their mirror neuron system by doing all of this to find a match between our mirror neurons and theirs. When it comes to our interventions, we continue to want to use mirror neurons. We know that the environment and context matter, that our mirror neurons pick up on specific cues to help guide behavior. So we want to be intentional with how we set up the environment and how we instruct our patient through a task. We want them to observe and to try to fix on their own before we step in. We want them to make the connections. We want to be clear through our communication so that we can help our client make the connections to what they are doing and why. Finally, we can continue to activate and work with our patient's mirror neurons through active participation and observation. Like when we are teaching them a new skill, we want to demonstrate first and have them actively observe with the intent of imitating. For example, learning hemi, hemi strategies for dressing. We're gonna show them how to do it first and then have them imitate. This makes it an active brain process, which makes it more meaningful and the patient is going to be more likely to be successful with their imitation because the brain is engaged. We are gonna keep it short and sweet this week talking about mirror neurons. Next week, we are going to begin looking at how we can further support brain function, both in our interventions and beyond. We're going to talk about the importance of sleep and how sleep impacts the brain. Thank you again for joining me, and I will talk to you all next time.